0: Welcome to the The Bad Bad Bitch Segment.
1: segment. I'm Court.
0: I'm Kate, your co-host.
1: Welcome back to episode two. I want to start off by apologizing for the first two episodes audio. It appears that I have a very intimate relationship with the microphone throughout those episodes. And I'm going to try not to be on top of it as much this time. I'm watching myself not jump into the red so, you know.
0: And I also feel like I was very far away from and scared of the microphone. So <laughs> I'm trying to correct that as well. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, even, you know, it's a learning process. Uh, please don't judge us. And I'm doing all of the editing. So I've never done any type of audio editing before. Yeah. So you're doing a great job. Yeah. It's just a learning process, something new. I just didn't realize I had such a my voice projects. I could yell to the back of an auditorium. Episode two is your episode this week. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. And yeah, what, you're so gonna we, ta- what bad bitch sorry. you're gonna tell me about. No, yes. sorry.
0: <laughs> so yeah, we had recorded my episode, but I realized that I needed to type things differently and space them out differently. So it was easier for me to read because I got very discombobulated and... We're going to do it right this time.
1: Yeah, it's it's really nice. Mine was a double-spaced PDF. Yeah. And that's just key. I learn from listening to other podcasters what they do. Yeah. and yeah. like, okay, that sounds like the best.
0: No, I was thinking that too. Today, let we'll just get right into it. So Inside. I'm doing Vivian Westwood. <laughs> My sources are a document on Pluto Westwood, and it was March 8th. 2018 and the other major one is punk the definitive record of a revolution by Stephen colgrave and chris sullivan i do have some other resources gonna put them in the show notes um, and then i had to fact check some dates on wikipedia so please don't judge me
1: (laughs) you know sometimes like i i don't like to go to wikipedia a lot you know my college degree in the back of my mind is like but sometimes it's the most straightforward place you can get something you know if you just need a debrief but i was thinking about it today and i'm like is there an encyclopedia.com because that's where you can really get some shit And I was just thinking about that myself, like, oh, because that's where you learned everything was encyclopedias, like everybody had their whole shelf of encyclopedias, but
0: Oh, the day of books. Yeah. (laughs) There was just a few things I was kind of iffy on, so I looked up dates on Wikipedia, but I didn't get a lot of my information there. Actually, a lot of the Definitive Punk book is where I got most of my information and the quotes it's basically a book of, like, quotes from punk history, so. And I feel like that's the best firsthand account of it. Okay, so the story of Dame Vivian Westwood, fashion designer, climate change activist, could oh. be classified as the woman who most influenced the punk scene in London, and she was raised <clears throat> the fourth most influential artist in Britain in the last 50 years by Sky Arts Network. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Vivian Westwood was born into a working class family in Tinswistle, Cheshire, England on April 8th, 1941 to Gordon Swire and Dora Swire. Her father was employed in an aircraft factory and her mother worked as a cotton weaver. I feel like in, in that day, it was mostly women working in the factories. Mm-hmm. They were married two weeks after their, after the Second World War. At the age of 12, Vivian was already making much of her own clothing. Her family moved to Harrow from Derbyshire, where she attended the University of Westminster, or more known as Harrow Art School. Hmm. She ended up quitting after a semester, stating that she couldn't afford school, and she had to get a job and ended up working as a school teacher until 1971. And that also happens a lot. I've been... My next episode I've been researching and she also had to quit school because she couldn't afford school supplies.
1: A <laughs> tale as old as time.
0: Yeah. A little bit about her. Her friend, Jean Krell, a friend of, of Vivian's, and an American fashion entrepreneur, designer, and journalist said about her, she was probably the kindest, most moral person I've ever met in my life. I was addicted to drugs and I had a terrible drinking problem. Everyone had given up on me except for Vivian. She locked me in her house and I managed to get free and she chased me down the street in her bondage pants.
1: Oh my God. Right? Bondage pants. I know.
0: <laughs> so, Vivian met her husband at a dance in Haro and they married in 1962. She was 22. She designed and made her own wedding dress, which I did not find a picture of. But Ooh, I
1: wonder. yeah, if I do
0: find it, we'll put it on the Instagram.
1: Yeah, I'll try and take a
0: try and find it too. Yeah, they had a son together, Ben, in 1963, but the relationship didn't last long. When Ben was about three, Vivian left left Derek and took her son to her aunt Ethel's in North Wales. They divorced in 65. She felt that she was li- she wasn't living up to her potential. Her view as the American dream of the sixties of <laughs> the housewife and taking care of the kids and all that. She said it was a load of bollocks. I agree. Excuse my English accent. I Do, tried.
1: Just saying like <laughs> I had to google what she looked like cuz I never actually lo- I know the name Vivian Westwood and everything but look at her I, with her fucking killer orange hair. Well, she's beautiful. Yeah, I love her.
0: Yeah, I tried to find some <laughs> older pictures of her in her like punk punk days. Did you and, see this one? Yeah. <laughs> her hair is all tousled about. Yes. This is oh. very rude. Oh. <laughs> All right, um, so, I love it. Sorry, I didn't
1: mean to interrupt. Just... No,
0: they're okay. That's okay. There's conflicting reports that Vivian met her second husband, Malcolm McLaren, before she broke it off with Derek. And that was the reason that was for the divorce. Either way, Vivian moved in with Malcolm shortly after meeting him in 1965, thus starting their 30 year work partnership. She was 25 and he was 20. Hmm. Vivian had met her, had her second son with Malcolm in November of 1967, Joseph Core. If you're wondering why the name Malcolm McLaren sounds familiar, is he was the manager and creator of the London punk band, the Sex Pistols, which we will be going, I will be going more in a further episode because, you know, Sex Pistols and Nancy Spungen is mm-hmm. my thing. Just a, little, mm-hmm. just a little foreshadowing. Anyway.
1: A, a story that uh, I think you'll have a really nice, like, different perspective on compared to other people who have covered it. Just
0: saying, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yeah, he worked at producing the Sex Pistols. She said about McLaren he was gold, came from a nice Jewish family, and he knew the world mclaren had this idea of selling old records to people of higher class and there was a store on mr friedman at 430 kings cross road in london chelsea district and the manager invited them to sell records out of the back of the shop vivian started making clothing and they named the store let it rock which later became sex in 1974. the store's name actually changed quite a few times it was also known by Too Fast to Live, Too Young to Die, Seditionaries, which I always mess up that word, and World's End, which Vivian said was her favorite.
1: I like that, too. I like World's End. Yeah, it
0: was cute. By 1979, the business card for sex read Specialists in Rubberware, mm. Glamourware, <laughs> and Stageware." Fred and Judy Vermonol, which was a Friends of him, uh, or friends of Vivian who is a writer of an in-depth study on celebrity and fan cultures, said that Malcolm happened upon a catalog for Walthamstow Lingerie Shop, which openly advertised scandalous lingerie and glamour wear. This is when he decided to change the name of the shop to sex and use solo porn shops designed ideas. He and Vivian assembled a range of bizarre fetishistic clothing, which turned into the punk rock look. Mm. McLaren wanted to, quote, confront the establishment through sex, end quote. England was the home of the flasher, and the slogan became rubberware for the office. Oh my god. Yeah.
1: Rubberware for the office. I can imagine showing up to my corporate job wearing rubber. (laughs)
0: Little tidbit that I didn't add, but... There was this woman that worked there, and she would ride the subway in her corsets and fishnets and crazy makeup and her hair all askew. Oh. Uh, well, not askew. She did it no, on a I, I love it, though. That's yeah. awesome. And people would bother her. So she ended up getting, like, a VIP pass every day to go to the shop. Yeah.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. People, why do people harass? That's weird.
0: Yeah. Well, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't common for people to walk around in a type of lingerie and fishnets. That's true. Crazy makeup. Oh my God,
1: look at that person. So
0: strange. (laughs) So Steve Jones, who actually became one of the members of the Sex Pistols, he hung out there at the shop. He said there was a couch and a jukebox and the clientele was a combination of punks and pervs, sort of businessmen. And it reminded me of like Zoomies when you used to go in and... And play the, you can sit on the couch and like play all the Tony Hawk games yeah. and stuff and just hang out. One of the most important pieces in the collection withheld at Victoria and Albert Museum in London, currently not on display, is called Destroy. And it was made of muslin fabric, a finely woven cotton fabric, lightweight, and originated in the region now known as Bangladesh. The piece has long sleeves and it's clipped in the back like a straight jacket. The front logo has an inverted crucifix and swastika. It also says "destroy" in big black letters at the top, with the lyrics for the Sex Pistols song "I Am an Anarchist" written on the bottom right. Super controversial, and it was made to quote unquote confront society.
1: Yeah, I remember our first recording when you brought this up, I was like, oof, swastika.
0: Yeah. So the thing about in the punk era is they did use the swastika a lot in the t-shirts that they made and talking about Nazis and all that. There's a little tidbit about the Dead Kennedys when they used to sing about nazis and wear swastikas on their shirts and they actually had nazis show up at their show and like kind of heckle them mm. and because they thought that like this was their band and their group yeah like real punks
1: like, aren't nazis <laughs> yeah
0: and they're like no get out of here <laughs> and they were like kicked out so, get yeah. the fuck out of here nobody wants the nazis yeah vivian used to take her sons with her to a supplier that made bondage pieces and there's a great little quote from her son john about going to meet a large burly man with a big beard in a full leather suit saying she wanted to meet the people that made her products and he was about 10 at the time oh my yeah a little controversial but it was the 80s
1: <laughs> yeah yeah people oh, got a 80s. lot of got away with a lot back then <laughs>
0: So all of her clothing had a purpose and shock value. She wanted each design to have a story and character. For example, there were t shirts with porn pictures cut out in the magazines and put under plastic. <clears> <throat> Niles Stevenson, one of the patrons of the store, called this coding. He said that there was a shirt with a woman's foot and a stiletto in it that read La EG Dior in handwriting. And he states, quote, It was simple, and I knew what it meant. Louise Benuel, who made the surrealist film La Eje Dior, had a foot fetish. And that was the code. Unquote. <laughs> which made him feel connected, since only some people would understand. And he ended up buying the shirt for 15 euros, which he said was his week's paycheck. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, she made other collections other than her punk and sex wear, including jewelry, purses. Her pirate collection, which is fun. I would. Oh my God. Just looking that up. Oh my it. God. I'm um, but to. I just wanted to focus on her early work. McLaren goes on to manage the Sex Pistols, that was comprised of some patrons from the store, arguably one of the first punk bands to come t- into the scene. Some people say it was the Ramones for London, and it was the Sex Pistols, and I'll get even into the history in future episodes, I'm sure. During her interview on the documentary, Vivian deemed it unnecessary to sell parts of her story. Mm. When asked about the Sex Pistols, she said, I can't be bothered with them either. I don't know what we're going to do.
1: A bunch of little boys in a band. You know? What? Like, just, she doesn't know what to do with them. I'm just yeah, like a sex just person like, just a bunch of little boys in a band. Just like, a
0: bunch of bullocks. I'm just a know. bunch
1: of bullocks. Oh, my God. It makes uh, me think of my Nana.
0: She seems like such a lively and like, I don't give a fuck what you think type of woman. Oh yeah. Just, just bored with it all. Well Vivian <clears> becomes intellectually bored with McLaren, he's jealous of her work. And he often tells her she can't work with certain people because he works with them. And I think their work relationship ended about 30 years, but romantically, most likely, it was way before then. McLaren ended up moving to L.A. to be a film producer. One of his movies was The Great Rock and Roll Swindle. I watched it once, but I never got into it. He left Liv- Vivian and her- his son in London.
1: Oh. What, yep. what, a, what a winner. What a guy. What, what a guy. guy.
0: You can't work with the people that I work with, because Trella. <laughs> My God. Roger Burton, a costume designer founder of the Contemporary Wardrobe Collection, said that years later, he had an exhibition of McLaren and Vivian's clothes. He finally got them both to agree to show up, but neither one of them knew that they were going to be there. (laughs) Oh, no. The party was in full swing by the time Vivian showed. Malcolm was being filmed saying, I designed this and I designed that. And Vivian says she wouldn't come in while he was talking and had someone get her a double brandy. She watched him talk about her designs for about half hour. And he didn't even acknowledge her while she was there. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> she finally came up behind him and said, actually, I designed that. You didn't. And he blanked and kept talking, eventually softening and then saying, oh, you did? I don't remember that.
1: Oh, my God. Quote,
0: unquote. Roger <sighs> said it was ridiculous.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that. I just conveniently don't remember oh, which stuff you actually like... designed.
0: Yeah. I
1: I thought it was me, you know. <laughs> wow.
0: I'm um, like, I didn't think Vivian cared that much. She had her own trail to blaze, so to speak. Uh, she ended up on Social Security, but with the help of her grandmother, she was able to reopen the store in 1985. However, uh, she was sponsored by Giorgio Armani with the help of some connections in her it in Italy, and he oh. offered her 350,000 pounds a year, which is roughly 444,000 dollars.
1: I mean, still a good amount. In
0: 1985. In 1988, Vivian appeared on the Terry Wagon Show to be interviewed about her designs. As the models came walking out, the audience was laughing at her latest collection. However, Vivian later said it was the best reaction she's gotten since Punk. However, two years later, Vivian would be nominated at Designer of the Year in 1990 and 1991. 1989, she met her second husband, Andreas Kronthaler at a fashion show in Australia where she was teaching at the School of Applied Arts. They started working together and lived in a small, dirty apartment, sleeping on a piece of leopard print fabric under a table. And this part doesn't make sense to me. And like I said before, I was like back checking on Wikipedia on the dates because it says that she signed a contract with Giorgio Mani, but then she's sleeping under a table on a
1: Sometimes I like I feel like I hear stories like with artists who just choose, like even though they have all that, they still just like kinda choose to live as like vagabonds. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: like i don't know or like
0: maybe the contract didn't go through in time and that's what she was doing or like i don't it. know
1: how contracts work like it's like yeah this is how much the contract is but you have to finish this much work within this amount of time
0: that's true that's true as her success grew so did her company and her stores there was over 30 what they called flagship stores and these were most the most important in a chain, often with the largest volume of sales and the most up-to-date. Her brand had shops in New York City, London, Milan, Los Angeles, and Paris. And in the doc- documentary, I definitely saw Kardashian in the New York City opening. Just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> yeah, During the growth of her business, she had a meeting with her store's managers about the quality of the clothing. Because they were getting so many sales, the clothing seemed to be coming out in mass production quantity. Mm. Quality. Fast fashion. Yeah. Like we like to talk about. She wanted her art items to always be produced with care and quality, not quantity. So that's what's up. I can commend that. Yeah, I appreciate that. So yeah, and then she got into climate change. In the mid-2000s, Vivian began her contribution to aiding in the fight against climate change. She donated to charities such as Cool Earth, which focused on saving the rainforest, which we all need to do. In 2012, Vivian launched her own movement, Climate Revolution, to rally charities like the NGOs, a nonprofit organization that operates independently of any government, typically one whose purpose is to address a social and political issue. And I looked that up on Oxford Dictionary because I wasn't quite sure what NGOs was. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of good to know that there is an organization that goes beyond the government, you know, for climate change. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She also donated to grassroots charities and campaigns, including Amnesty International and War Child and Liberty to join forces and take action against disengaged political leaders and big businesses.
1: They just need to do that to our whole country.
0: In 2013, Vivian designed the Save the Arctic logo for a campaign for Greenpeace, oh. which was displayed in London Waterloo Underground Station. Oh. Yeah, it was cute. Like, I was looking at pictures of it on her website, which I'll also post in the show notes because that's one of the uh, resources that I used. The exhibit showed portraits of celebrities shot over a period of 18 months wearing an unbleached cotton t-shirt with the logo. Proceeds from the t-shirt went entirely to Greenpeace. Nice. Yeah. I never knew about Vivian Westwood, and, like, I've been very into the punk scene, especially that she was married to McLaren. I had no idea. I I knew her
1: name, Like, I knew Vivian Westwood. I had no idea about any of the punk stuff, any of her charity work. I had no idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. The first um, photo on the website is Vivian herself, but it also features Sharon Osbourne, Ozzy, Pierce Brosnan, and Pamela Anderson. And there's a lot of celebrities on the page, so check it out if you're interested. I think she still sells the uh, the shirt on her website nice. Her ready-to-wear collections are made of 90% lower impact fabrics in a bid to be as sustainable as possible. While her showrooms were opening and fashion shows were going on with her company, she was at home writing theses about global warming. Writing a thesis about global warming? Theses? I don't know. Theses? (laughs) Theses. (laughs) (laughs) feces <laughs> <laughs> that sounds too much like feces <laughs> 2014 she joined greenpeace on an excursion south of the north pole abroad ship esperanza with scientists observing the impact of climate change and seeing the ice caps melting with her own eyes she was like horrified mm, yeah yeah i that's like such a tough touchy subject for me Yeah, especially the polar bear situation.
1: I yeah, I was thinking about recently when I went to New Zealand back in college and I got to see the Franz Joseph Glacier. Yeah, which is like this glacier that's in the middle of like the rainforest on the South Island. I don't remember where exactly, but it's a glacier and they're pretty much they said it's going to be gone in like 50 years because of climate change because it's just melting. But it was really cool.
0: Anyways. In 2015, she launched a global campaign to stop drilling and industrial fishing in the area. She's also an ambassador for Greenpeace now. She said, quote, the awful rotten financial system is the enemy. It's like a hydra. We've got to kill the machine that is destroying us
1: yes queen
0: yes yes queen and i looked up the word hydra and found that it's a lermian it's called a Lermenian hydra and serpentine water monster in greek and roman mythology so yeah it's pretty fitting yeah. vivian hmm. westwood passed away in Clapham, south london on december 29 2022 her legacy in the punk era will forever be known as the high priestess of punk fashion, but will live on more through her incredible work in fighting for a cleaner, healthier earth. <sighs> and isn't that what punk is really about? Sticking it to the man and fighting against the system. Yeah. Aww. So I wanted to leave it off with a quote from her son, Ben. He says about his mother, she's a punk rocker. The only punk rocker.
1: Fuck Yeah. Uh, thank you. Good job.
0: Oh, I tried.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. Like, I'm so happy to have learned about her. What a badass. Yeah. What a bad
0: bitch. I know, right? I look up more about her, too, because, like, even there's some, like, quotes that I didn't fit in. When people would come to the shop, like, hungry or whatever, she would feed them and stuff. Fuck, like, yeah. Oh. She's such a sweetheart.
1: Yeah. Oh, we need more people like that. In every industry, yeah. especially in fashion, because fashion's, I don't know, some weird shit's going on in fashion lately, and that's all I'm going to say about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you and I try to shop at, like, the, uh, like, thrifting and yeah. doing Plato's closet. Try Secondhand to thrift,
1: stuff. or slow fashion, shit that's, like, created, handmade by people. Yeah. but well, um. An
0: also- well, we can get into a whole conversation.
1: <laughs> hell yeah, Greenpeace, though. Good for yeah. her. I don't know. Save the Arctic. Save the Arctic. Save I the think trees. she is
0: still, or the website at least, is still selling her stuff. So if you guys want to check it out, it's vivianwestwood.com. I believe. I want to make sure that that's right. Let me go all the way up here to my notes. But it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. And so. speaking
1: of the show notes, because um, I didn't say this at the top, I never sourced my material in my first episode. Sorry guys, uh, those are in the show notes or will be in the show notes whenever that like, gets posted. I'll remember to do that next time. But yeah, always stuff like that if we don't source it while...
0: Well, we also didn't post the episode yet. Yeah, so we haven't so yet either. So still not really behind. But I
1: didn't say it, you know. Oh did yeah, like, yeah, yeah, didn't. Yeah. So just um, for future reference more than like our sources are always going to be in the show notes. Also, yeah, follow us at Bad, uh, bad bitch segment on Instagram I don't know.
0: yeah and I'll post some cute pictures of Vivian she's yeah. like such a sweetheart
1: yeah hell yeah. yeah what a queen and um okay if that's it then that is end of episode two hell yeah and um thanks for sitting with me and uh we'll talk to you guys soon
0: say bad bitches
1: Whoa woo woo